Many of you probably heard the news about Mandalorian star Gina Carano getting fired by Lucasfilm, essentially Disney, over some controversial posts she made on Instagram. She was one of the recurring characters in the hit show Mandalorian. And because she was outspoken, the left has repeatedly tried to get her canceled. Well, we got really big news. One of the most amazing things I've heard in a long time. Cause for optimism. Ben Shapiro's company, The Daily Wire, has announced they will be producing a film with Gina Carano for which she will be starring in. My friends, Gina is uncanceled. They had to get rid of her. Why? She's outspoken. She challenges the narrative. They tried canceling her back a few months ago when she put fake pronouns in her Twitter, uh, Twitter profile that said boop, bop, beep when people were demanding that she do it. And as I later learned, she was actually just making a joke about R2-D2 and didn't take it all that seriously. She later took this out. The left wants to cancel and destroy and excise anybody who dares oppose their fringe ideology. Now, I want to I clarify when I say the left, I mean the woke culty leftists. There are some progressives who are not woke, but they tend to be few and far between at this point. And right now, the cultural institutions are all pretty much woke and authoritarian. They'll fire you from your job, even if your opinion isn't controversial. Case in point, Gina Carano. What she posted was basically her saying, don't demonize your neighbors like they did in World War II Germany. They argued that she was trivializing the the plight of the Jewish people, and she really wasn't. What she was saying could have easily been said by any one of these leftists. So they will seek to destroy you. There's one way to win. Okay, well, there's more than one way to win, but the one very powerful way to win, which I've been saying for some not some time now, is building and creating culture, which is why this story is so awesome. They fired her. United Talent dropped Gina Carano. Many, many were speculating this could be the end of her career in entertainment. Ben Shapiro's company said, hey, we make movies. Why don't you do a movie with us? That's the key. Build your own culture. Start building your own infrastructure. I know it's not easy. Many people have said, make your own social media platform. It's very difficult when at every level of a business, from financial institutions to server hosting companies, they could ban you too. Well, the Daily Wire has put their money where their mouth is, and they've started producing movies. They have one movie out called Run, Hide, Fight. And this is where things get stupid. You see, we've long seen this in the entertainment industry. When a movie comes out that is normal, I guess, or in any way could make a conservative idea look good. It is panned universally by woke journalists in these media institutions, even when the audience loves it. We've seen it over and over again. Take a look at Dave Chappelle's comedy special on Netflix, the one he did not that long ago. Maybe I think it was like a year or two, actually. It's been a while where he made some pretty offensive jokes. The audience loved it. It was overwhelmingly universally praised. I mean, come on. Dave Chappelle is a genius, probably the greatest comedian of our generation, one of the funniest men on the planet, if not the funniest man on the planet. And many of us grew up watching Chappelle's show knowing this guy is legit funny. And he's even kind of left on a bunch of these social justice issues. But the journalists, the critics at these news outlets universally panned this stand up performance. Shockingly insane. Cancel culture wants to remove people from these industries, but they can't cancel you if you build your own. Now, there are problems here. What we're going to start seeing is tribal capitalism. And I mean it. One of the other big stories has been that because my pillow, a pillow company, was so prominent, some lefties like David Hogg announced they'd make their own pillow company. So what? 
We're going to buy pillows because it supports the politics we like. Is that why we're buying pillows? Honestly, I think it's all downright crazy that this is where we're going, but we have to. It is not the conservatives that are going around getting people fired from their jobs for having opinions. In fact, most conservatives tend to, for the most part, let leftists have their dumb opinions even when they don't like them. But it's the left that says fire them and ban them. What's really interesting with this Gina Carano story is I've seen people saying she was warned and she didn't take the warning seriously and she got fired. I was like, warned for what? Posting memes? If you tell someone they can't speak, but others can, because Pedro Pascal on the show also had spicy memes and spicy opinions, then you've got a serious problem and you've got problems of ideological bias. So it's only a matter of time before conservatives start building their own infrastructure and it could lead to dangerous places. So let's talk about it. Before we do, make sure you head over to TimCast.com because, uh, uh, well, we've set up this website where we have members only content in the event that we get banned, you know, the TimCast IRL, IRL podcast or I get banned from this channel. You can find my content at TimCast.com. But ladies and gentlemen, I also have a very serious and major announcement. You see, I've decided to put my money where my mouth is as well. So you can go to TimCast.com, become a member, watch our exclusive post. We just did an episode with Blair White where Luke was ragging on the mainstream media and Blair was talking about these crazy COVID rules. You can watch that. But you know what? I decided to start my own pillow company. That's right. You see, I saw this story. Good pillow versus my pillow. How to sign up for David Hogg's pillow fight. <clears throat> okay. Well, I don't know when David Hogg is actually going to get around to making his leftist version of a pillow. So I decided to do it for him. Announcing, if you go to TimCast.com and click shop, the official Our Pillow. That's right. You go to TimCast.com, click shop, and then you'll see it right there. The beautiful Our Pillow is now available. I've launched my own pillow company. Our Pillow is a pillow for everyone. The pillow is not for you. The pillow is not for me. The pillow is for us. I'm joking, by the way. It's a gag piece of merch. I hope you appreciate it. It's It's meant to be silly and mock the whole thing. It's not mocking the left directly or the right or my pillow or anything like that. It's just a joke mocking the whole system and everything that's going on. Go to TimCast.com if you want to get our pillow today. But let's read the actual news and then we'll break down what's going on with Ben Shapiro's company. And I got to say this. I am absolutely impressed by Ben Shapiro's work on this one. Uh, Not just Ben. Okay, it's the Daily Wire and, you know, Ben for a while is editor in chief. I, I don't know his exact position right now. We'll read in the, in, in, in the story. But what the Daily Wire is doing is incredible. The movie they made, Run, Hide, Fight, Run, Hide, Fight, is apparently, I hear it's pretty good. That's what you need to do. So I've talked about creating the vlog and making our own content because you inspire people and you build culture. That's how you win this fight. That's how you win the culture war. It's always been amazing to me, honestly, that we're calling this the culture war and conservatives were obsessed with electoral politics and not focused on making culture. Many people on the right or associated with the right or whatever, disaffected liberals, have complained about video games or movies and the things that are being made. Start making them. If you don't like what they're doing, don't give them money. Make your own. Gina Carano hits back, announces new movie project with Ben Shapiro's Daily Wire. They can't cancel us if we don't let them. This is some of the coolest stuff I have heard in a long time. The answer to the ongoing culture war for a decade now or longer. We've heard about social justice, critical theory, infecting video games and movies. And now we have it. People making their own. Don't get me wrong. People have started making their own comics. People have started making their own video games. Well, now we are going to see a level blockbuster type movies starring people who the left tried to excise. 
Gina Carano was awesome, in my opinion. I, I like The Mandalorian show. I think it's really good. I thought it was a little slow in the first season. Now it's getting really great. The, the end of the second season I thought was awesome. And I think Gina Carano is an ex uh, or Cara Dune, her character in Mandalorian, was awesome. And she was also in Deadpool. Thought that was cool, too. I, I don't care all that much about the politics of the individual. Chris Evans has awful politics, too. I think he's great as Captain America. Why is it that I, as a fan of, of these comic book movies and of these, you know, I'm, I'm not a big fan of the Star Wars universe at this point, but Mandalorian, gotta, gotta say, the best sequel to the original series so far. Why is it that I can be like, yeah, I, I know that Mark Ruffalo's got nasty politics and so does John Cheadle, but I think they're really great in their roles and I enjoy their, I, I enjoy their work. It's people like that, like Seth Rogen, who will just be nasty and mean to you and rag on you. I don't like that. I don't like the bullies, but I'll still appreciate their art and their movies. Maybe I shouldn't. Maybe I shouldn't give them money because they often tend to be snarky, snide, and mean people. Chris Evans is okay. You know, he's very politically left. It's kind of annoying sometimes, but he's, he's, he's a cool dude. He, he, he spoke with Republicans. You know, he did this interview thing, and he's allowed to have his opinions. I think, you know, there's a lot of people on the left who probably feel similarly to Gina Carano. The only issue is I'm not calling for Chris Evans to be fired for having his opinions. Here's the story. Deadline says less than 24 hours after her explosive ouster from Star Wars series The Mandalorian for incendiary social media posts, Gina Carano has hit back at her detractors and revealed a new movie project she is making with conservative website The Daily Wire. Carano told us today, quote, The Daily Wire is helping make one of my dreams to develop and produce my own film come true. I cried out and my prayer was answered. I am sending out a direct message of hope to everyone living in fear of cancellation by the totalitarian mob. I have only just begun using my voice, which is now freer than ever before. And I hope it inspires others to do the same. They can't cancel us if we don't let them standing ovation figuratively because I'm sitting down doing a recorded segment. This is one of the coolest things ever. I'll tell you the other night or two nights ago on the IRL podcast, there were, we were actually looking at this story about how they were trying to cancel Gina Carano over her posts. I didn't think it was going to happen. But I was like, you know, I've been watching The Mandalorian, seeing her on it. She's really cool. It would be awesome to have her on the show. We didn't think much of it. And then by the end of the episode, we, you know, we were, we were like, we're, we finished. We didn't, we didn't talk about it on the show, on the podcast. We, we're, we're coming downstairs. We're all done. And then boom, there it is. Whoa, they actually fired her. I couldn't believe it. I recorded about what happened in the morning the next day. And then later that night on the show, we were like, she's probably because we did a whole segment about it, probably distraught over this. She got booted from her talent agency. She got kicked off one of the hottest shows in, uh, right now. I was gonna say on TV, but it's like Disney Plus, you know, and Luke, who's on, who's on the IRL podcast with me, he was saying she's probably, you know, in like a bad place. And I was like, I don't know, man. Gina Carano is an MMA fighter. And she won like the, like, I think her record is eight, eight, uh, uh, no, it's seven to one, uh, seven victories. She won seven fights. She lost one. She seems like she's particularly tough. And I'll tell you this, when she got the news, I don't think she cried. I think she got pissed off. She probably got angry. She probably got amped up, get that adrenaline flowing because she seems like the kind of person who's going to fight back and not let them get her down. So what was really going on behind the scenes? I got to tell you, I am inspired by this. Gina, is you are awesome. She started working with the Daily Wire to fight back. This is the coolest thing ever. I'm, I'm so stoked on this. It is cause for optimism. The authoritarian woke mob will not be able to shut everyone down, especially if they start building their own. And here we go. They say Carano will develop, produce, and star in the upcoming film. 
which the Daily Wire says it will release exclusively to its members as the company looks to bolster its entertainment division. Details are being kept under wraps, but it will be produced as part of Daily Wire's partnership with Bone Tomahawk producer Dallas Saunier and his Bonfire Legend banner. Quote, we could not be more excited to be working with Gina Carano, an incredible talent dumped by Disney and Lucasfilm for offending the authoritarian Hollywood left. This is what Daily Wire exists to do. Provide an alternative, not just for consumers, but for creators who refuse to bow to the mob, said Daily Wire co-founder Shapiro. Ben Shapiro, class act, incredible, absolutely incredible. We're eager to bring Gina's talent to Americans who love her. And we're just as eager to show Hollywood that if they want to keep canceling those who think differently, they'll just be helping us build the X-Wing to take down their Death Star. He added, bravo, good sir. Bring it on. Start canceling them. You want to fire Chris Pratt? Chris Pratt's awesome. Chris Pratt one day was wearing a Gadsden flag shirt and they tried to get him canceled because of it. For those that aren't familiar, this is the star, like the, one of the main characters in Guardians of the Galaxy, an awesome series. He was in Jurassic World. He was on Parks and Recreation. Dude, Chris Pratt is, is amazing. And he doesn't bother people. He doesn't tweet nasty things. He seems to be a pretty rad dude. And they still try to get him fired. Why? Because he's a Christian conservative. That is insane. But you know what? Hey, I wish the best for the man. But if they really want to fire him, there is infrastructure being built to, sh- to say to all of these authoritarian psychopaths in Hollywood, the more you excise your own employees, stars, collaborators, contractors, the more you are giving them away to your own competition. Incredible. I mean, Ben Shapiro nailed it. You want to help them? You want to help everyone else build the X-Wing and take down your Death Star? By all means, go ahead and do it. Gina Carano is a rising star. I mean, she's she's in Deadpool. Now she's in Mandalorian, a recurring character. I'm not going to come out and pretend like she's, you know, as big as, you know, Gwyneth Paltrow or Tom Cruise or something. But she was getting more and more prominent roles, getting more and more features. And she has a, a great character in Mandalorian, in my opinion. Well, now her star is going to be rising and she's not going to be left behind. She's now going to become bigger and better than ever. They say uh, Carano's controversial social media post yesterday, described by Lucasfilm as abhorrent, saw her turfed from The Mandalorian by the studio and ditched by her agency UTA. The former MMA star and Deadpool actress played bounty hunter Cara Dune on the first two seasons uh, of Lucasfilm and Disney Plus's hit series. They say she shared a TikTok post, I guess. It was someone else, and I'm not going to read it, but I'll just tell you this. You probably know this by now, but just just to bring it up. The post was basically saying, don't let authoritarians turn neighbor against neighbor. I wouldn't be surprised if the same post came from a leftist complaining about Donald Trump, to be completely honest. They just want excuses to fire people. Well, let me show you something. I want to explain to you what's happening right now. We have this. Uh, this is from The Daily Wire, from Ben Shapiro, why The Daily Wire is getting into the entertainment business. Ben writes, As 2021 begins, the Daily Wire is about to launch into a new arena, the arena of entertainment, and we want to explain why. Ben says my mentor, Andrew Breitbart, always said politics is downstream of culture. What he meant by this is that more people are shaped by the culture that surrounds them than by politics directly. We consume movies and TV shows. We get together and discuss the latest in sports. We join in churches and in universities and at restaurants to discuss our lives. We swim in a sea of culture. In large part, we're defined by the culture in which we swim. Then, Every so often, we're asked to weigh in on issues surrounding politics, issues like tax rates, abortion, religious freedom. We don't come to those questions as blank slates. We bring all of our feelings, all of our experiences, our culture to bear. 
That's why when I'm asked how to raise a conservative kid, my first two recommendations are cultural rather than political. Go to church or synagogue or mosque and regularly attend Fourth of July parades. But conservatives have never truly understood the cultural battle. Yes, we occasionally fight the culture war from time to time. We fight back against some idiotic TV show or nasty movie. We'll mobilize others to unsubscribe from Netflix over promotion of reprehensible material. We'll stop watching the Oscars after being insulted one too many times. But the simple truth is that we conservatives live increasingly in the same culture as those on the left. Because our media are national in scope, we consume the same sort of material as those who disagree with us. We may yell at Netflix, Apple TV, Hulu, and Disney Plus, and ESPN, but most of us still subscribe to one of those services. And Daily Wire and Fox News and conservative media aren't competition for those services, either in what they do or in the numbers they reach. Fox News' primetime numbers this year, which were stellar, averaged about 3.6 million people. Netflix has over 70 million U.S. subscribers. The difference between the reach of political content and entertainment content is at least an order of magnitude. There is a reason millions of people believe lies about conservatives. They've been trained to do so by a culture that despises conservatives. So conservatives have two choices. They can tune out or they can find alternatives. And he goes on to basically break it down. He says, get ready. 2020 is 2021 is going to be a wild ride. So check this out. We get this from the Daily Beast, the ugly backstory of Ben Shapiro's first movie, Run, Hide, Fight. Molding minds, they say. That's it. The far left authoritarian woke cultists are figuring out the real danger of what the Daily Wire and Ben Shapiro are doing by offering up alternatives to the woke insanity. And they must fight against it. Smear pieces, reviews, demonizing and saying we're disgusted by this. I've been talking to some very prominent people. You know, the other day on the IRL podcast, I had Blair White, and she was saying how, you know, once you start making a lot of this content and expressing yourself, you'll notice a lot of famous people sliding into your DMs, basically saying, I agree with you. You're awesome. What you're doing is great. Your opinions. Oh, man, I wish I could say the things you say. That bothers me. I can respect that they're reaching out because it happens to me all the time. It happens to Blair. We get people who are prominent, who are famous, who work in Hollywood, who work in these industries, who say, I wish I could express my opinion. And I say this every time to them. You can. So long as you are scared is the only reason they hold you back. If you realize that together, if everybody just said their opinion at the same time, they couldn't fire everybody, you would be fine. It's your fear that is oppressing you. But they tell me, I'll lose my job. I'll lose my show. I'll lose my sponsorship. I'll lose my, my label. You're going to lose it anyway. What happens when you write a song that's seemingly innocuous and they say it doesn't align with our equity values? And you'll say, but it's not political. Well, it should be in favor of us. It's one thing to not be offensive to the people who are offended by everything. But what happens when you write a song that doesn't promote their ideology? Do you see where this goes? If you think that you can sit back in Hollywood and let them do this and they will leave you alone, you are wrong. Right now you're saying, well, it's not my fault Gina Carano got fired. She posted a spicy meme about not demonizing your neighbors in World War II Germany. What she posted was offensive. So long as I don't post anything like that, no one will fire me. Then one day they're going to come to you and say, why aren't you posting in favor of our equity platform? Why didn't you choose to attend our screening of our new equity documentary? And why won't you star in our new equity film? And you'll say, I, I just didn't. I, well, you're canceled. There was a politician. I believe it was in the UK. A journalist reached out and said, we couldn't help but notice that you aren't attending our equity conference. 
Why are you rejecting diversity, equity and inclusion? And this got published and they were saying this politician was, you know, far right or insulting them, saying they, they, they didn't believe in true equity. And then the politician was like, I was already scheduled for, a, a, you know, for work and I didn't get your email in time. Doesn't matter. Right now, they'll tell you you'll get you'll get canceled for saying the wrong thing. And eventually the wrong thing will be not supporting them. Eventually, they'll come to you and demand that you tweet exactly what they want you to say. And when you don't, you will get canceled. Hiding will not save you. Sooner or later, they'll knock on your door and say, we demand you pledge allegiance to the cult. And when you say, look, man, I'm just going to mind my own business, then they'll say, then you lose your job. That's where we're headed. That's why you must speak up. That's why they will go out and smear Ben Shapiro's film. It's hilarious. Check this out. Over at Rotten Tomatoes, what do we get? Run, Hide, Fight, the first of Ben Shapiro's films. I, I, I say Ben Shapiro, but let's be, let's be honest. It's, it's the Daily Wire. There's a lot of people involved. You know, Ben Shapiro is just like the main dude, I guess. Run, Hide, Fight has over a thousand ratings with an audience score of 93%. I have asked people about the film. Most of them say the same thing. Not the greatest film ever made. It's intense. It's pretty good. That's what I've heard. I haven't seen it myself. I'll go check it out. The tomato meter has a 25%. Why? It is all of the woke journalists, the woke film critics ragging on the movie, saying the movie is bad. The critical reception is in the gutter and, you know, don't see it. It's it's crass and full of tropes and it's just awful. Really? Why does the audience like it? There's a movie. It's called... Uh, Oh, man, I forgot what this movie is called. It's got Bruce Willis in it. I, I've referenced it several, several times in segments about culture. It's about Bruce Willis and his, his wife gets murdered, I think. And then, you know, he, he basically gets revenge. And that's about it. And they heavily criticized the movie. I don't know why. I guess it's because Bruce Willis goes to a gun store and buys a gun and then uses it. They don't like it. It's funny when it comes to video games. There are things they call walking simulators. That's what the critics call it. The, the anti-woke individuals, the anti-SJW, whatever you want to call them. Because most video games will have some element of violence in them. Like even in Mario Brothers, he literally jumps on turtles, you know, basically bashing them in the head and he throws fireballs at people. There's violence inherent in many of these games. So you see these, you know, woke, woke cultists trying to make video games where you do things like walk around and pick flowers saying like, see, you don't need to make video games all about violence. And don't get me wrong. There are games that don't have violence in it. I'm not super sure about, you know, Animal Crossing, but I'm pretty sure there's no violence in Animal Crossing. And there are puzzle games as well. Those can all be fun. But why take a game that's based upon some kind of violent action and destroy it? Why take these games and change the franchises and inject your insane woke cultism into it? Because of this, people push back. But pushing back is not enough. These companies will keep doing it. The content will keep getting worse. But you know what? We have the good news. You know, you know what it is? It was only a matter of time. They keep excising people. I've said this before as well. If you have a large bubble where everyone is hanging out, this big, big room, but you keep kicking people out of the room, eventually the party on the other side will be much bigger and much more fun. And that's what's happening. As the left tries to kick more and more people out of the left, they say, I'm conservative. I love it. Newsweek ran an article where they were like, conservatives are average. Conservative commentator Tim Pool. I didn't realize conservatives were in favor of public social programs and progressive taxes and were pro-choice. But I guess apparently now they are. It's conservative. Sure. It's all about whether you're in the cult or not. 
Because I can be left on a ton of economic policy and still be called conservative, even though even on social policy, I'm fairly progressive. It's amazing because they can't have you on their side. By all means, kick me out of the left. I never cared in the first place. I've never considered myself a conservative. I'm from Chicago and I've always considered myself to be a liberal. Even policy wise, I'm very much in a similar position to like, I don't know, Bill Maher, for instance, even though Bill Maher's got Trump derangement syndrome. But they'll say that's conservative. Fine. You know what's going to happen? I'll walk over to the Daily Wire and see what they got playing on the old Daily Wire entertainment channel. You know what? I don't want the Daily Wire on my smart TV. You know why? Well, right now, let me tell you this. If I, I have these smart TV apps. I've got Hulu. I got Netflix. I got, you know, Disney Plus. I canceled Netflix and Disney Plus, mind you. But the apps are on the TV. If I turn on the Daily Wire, what am I going to get? Ben Shapiro saying things that I mostly know about. Matt Walsh, Andrew Clavin, much respect to all of them. But I don't want it on my TV because, well, I don't want work and politics on my entertainment. You know what I mean? I go online. I do work all day, every day. Now, let me stop right there. I actually do want the Daily Wire on my smart TVs or my Roku or whatever, because now they've got movies. They need to start doing more movies. They need to start doing TV shows. Give me a space cowboy opera with Gina Carano, and I'll watch the whole thing and subscribe to the Daily Wire. I am subscribed to the Daily Wire, mind you, but I would put it on my TV and I would say, let's watch the new movie. Let's watch the new programming. So the Daily Wire, you need to start producing much more than this one movie. And they probably are. They need to get the ball rolling. But more importantly, I'm going to be doing the same thing. Now, my company is nowhere near the size of the Daily Wire, to be completely honest. Uh, We've got one host and basically two shows so far. But I'm looking to figure, I'm trying to figure out a way to actually grow this. Why? I'm not a conservative. Sorry, it's just not true. I don't go to church. I don't go to synagogue and I don't go to mosque. Like Ben Shapiro mentioned about raising conservatives. I, I hold many liberal positions, but I'm not a psychopath and I'm not in a cult. And there needs to be a place for people who know and respect conservatives while disagreeing with them to have another place for content. I like what, what, what the Daily Wire is doing, and I'm looking forward to watching their movie. And I'm really looking forward to what they produce with Gina. I would also like to produce a space where we can start growing a culture around what's supposed to be liberal or what used to be until the woke cult started coming into power. A lot of these people. So, so they say Gina Carano is a conservative. And I think based on, based on a lot of her posts, maybe she might be more of a libertarian than anything. We'll see. I don't, I don't, I don't want to, you know, define her. I don't know what her politics are. There are a lot of liberals, though. There are a lot of liberals I know, like real ones, not the woke crazy people, people who are just like left of center, who mostly are like, I disagree with people like Ben Shapiro, but hey, more power to him. Let's have a debate. Let's have a conversation. It sounds fun and we'll disagree. I sat down with Glenn Beck. I think it was almost uh, two years ago now, a year and a half ago, and he's pro-life and I'm pro-choice. And we ultimately shook hands and shrugged and said, you know what? Like, I'll try my best to understand you and we'll disagree and we'll just have to figure out a a way to move forward. And I'm like, absolutely, man. This is great to be here and talk with you. That's awesome. I love it. I want that. I want there to be a platform like Disney Plus or like Hulu that creates awesome content where we can make jokes and not have to be, you know, censoring everything. George Carlin, one of the most famous lefty comedians did this huge rant pro-feminism, but also talked about the right to make jokes and free speech. Noam Chomsky used to be super pro-free speech. I don't know if he still is. The left used to be in favor of freedom, 
opposing authoritarianism and corporatism. That's the left I want back. I don't want psychotic communists. I'm not saying all communists. I'm saying the psychotic ones, the tankies, the authoritarians. If you want to live in a little commune by yourself, that's cool. People do it. It's awesome. I want to be able to sit down with them and be like, here's why we disagree. Let's figure out how you guys can be in peace and we can be in peace and we can work together on those compromises, which means the Daily Wire can produce this and I'm stoked for it. But it also means we need to reclaim the left space. And I don't mean far left. You know, the socialists are always welcome to have the discussions and debates. And I'm always in favor of having, you know, arguments about why, you know, uh, class war and all that stuff and what the problems with it are. The problems with the, the, the billionaire elites and everything. But I'm pretty left. I'm left libertarian on a lot of issues. The reason I find myself more often agreeing with conservatives is because more conservatives tend to be libertarian, believing in freedom and individual rights. Here's what I want. Two fronts, a pincer attack. You've got the authoritarian left dominating cultural institutions. Ben Shapiro is launching this attack on the conservative front. And now we need disaffected liberals, people who are slightly left on economic policy and social policy, but agree with freedom and disagree with the cult, creating another platform to challenge the establishment, woke, neoliberal, neo-racist, corporatist, whatever you want to call it. There are a lot of progressives that pretend to be against that, but they're pretty much for it, supporting the establishment machine. And maybe in the end, it's just ultimately going to be centrists because the far left may be too far gone. But I do think there are many anti-woke leftists who would absolutely be okay with edgy humor and making fun of conservatives all the same. That's what we need to do to shut out the cult. We need more than just conservatives doing this. We need those in Hollywood, those in, in, in the music industry who are not conservative but don't like the wokeness to speak up and join in. And that's when we have them routed. And that's when we take back the institutions. Fingers crossed, I suppose. It starts here, 2021. A lot of people may be pessimistic. You know, I was fairly pessimistic a couple of days ago on the IRL podcast talking about, you know, James Lindsay saying we've lost that, you know, the idea of winning is out of the question. And I, th- I still think he's right. But I think that means when we, when we say we've lost, it's because the, the government and cultural institutions have been dominated. We still have the ability to build our own and create something of our own and have our own infrastructure. There's a chance that we may not win back the castle, but we can use what resources we have to build a new one. And eventually, as that castle keeps kicking everybody out, they'll come join us and live happily and in peace, and they'll be allowed to speak their minds without getting frustrated or scared or angry. And that's it. That's the goal. I hope we make it there. I think it's time to start working on it. So the first thing you can do is buy our pillow. My, I'm kidding. Go to TimCast.com, become a member. Next segment's coming up at 8 p.m. tonight. YouTube.com slash TimCastIRL. It's the live podcast show. We'll answer your questions in the super chat. So come hang out. We'll see you there. Thanks for hanging out. And we'll see you tonight. Kyle Rittenhouse, the Kenosha kid, has just taken a major legal victory. Judge denies motions to issue new arrest warrant and increase bail for Kyle Rittenhouse. Now, this story stems back to a week or so ago when the left was screaming that Kyle Rittenhouse had disappeared. He bail jumped. He was missing. Where was he? And why is he allowed to get away with this? The reality is the story is quite simple. He received a bunch of death threats. His legal team moved him to a safe house. Then the, pro- the, the prosecutors demanded they arrest him, increased his bail, and a judge said no. You see, the issue is for Kyle Rittenhouse, if he puts out his address publicly, he could be in danger, and so could his family. Now, I want to read, read this story from Slate, 
and show you what they were accusing of on February 4th and then give you the latest up to date information. But this may be one of the most important stories of the past year or past several years. The story of Kyle Rittenhouse really strikes at the core of the culture war. Is he this murderous far right extremist or is he just some kid who was out protecting his neighborhood when uh, riots were breaking out? I think the reality is maybe a little misguided in coming out with an AR-15 or, or uh, an AR-15 style rifle, they say, in Kenosha when riots were going on. But I, what do you say when, when you have a bunch of rioters going around burning down businesses and destroying your city and the police won't stop it? What do you do? The left has framed this whole thing as though he's some rogue actor who jumped state lines with a rifle to hunt down protesters. In reality, he lived in, uh, I believe, Antioch, Illinois, which is like 20 miles away from Kenosha. And he worked in Kenosha. It's it's rural areas, I mean, for the most part. So or suburban, I guess, because you're in between Milwaukee and Chicago. He didn't drive all that far. And the rifle apparently was in Wisconsin in the first place. So these these stories that are coming out from the left are well, typically falsehoods. And I'm going to break it down for you. And I actually have video evidence. I have witness. I, sh- I shouldn't say video. I should say witness testimony where we, we, we go over everything that happened. So I'll break it down for you. First, here's, here's the initial story from February 4th. Where is accused Kenosha shooter Kyle Rittenhouse? Prosecutors in Kenosha, Wisconsin, filed a motion Wednesday seeking a new arrest warrant for Kyle Rittenhouse, the 18-year-old who was charged with fatally shooting two people during protests last summer. Prosecutors said the teenagers uh, facing murder charges moved without notifying authorities. One of the conditions of Rittenhouse's $2 million bond allowing for his pretrial release, is that he report to the court any change in address or phone number within 48 hours of the change. Rittenhouse, who drove from his home in Illinois to Kenosha in August, is awaiting trial on murder charges for the deaths of two people who were protesting the police shooting of Jacob Blake. You see right away, you see what they're doing here. Drove from his home in Illinois to Kenosha. Why do they add that? It adds no, that all that does is confuse people. Journalists are supposed to help you understand what's going on by saying he jumped state lines or drove from Illinois to Kenosha. A lot of people are going to think he drove hundreds of miles. He drove a few minutes. It it takes him. it, It was it was faster for him to get to Kenosha than it is for me to go to the grocery store. That's ridiculous. They say he's awaiting trial on murder charges for the deaths of two people who are protesting the police shooting of Jacob Blake. Now, I'm just going to stop right there, my friends. Over the Timcast IRL podcast, we have this story. Actual witness tells insane story of what really went down in Kenosha. 1.1 million views. We have the DC riot squad. Notably, we have Richie McGinnis. Richie, who's sitting right here in the video, and you can check us out at the Timcast IRL podcast. It's one of the most viewed videos we have from October 2nd of last year. He's the guy who actually rendered aid to one of the men who got shot and the crew that was on the ground. You know, they told us they said that these protesters were trying to push a flaming dumpster into a gas station. There's video of it when Kyle Rittenhouse and his associates, his friends, whatever, stopped them and ran up with a fire extinguisher to put it out. That enraged the rioters. The rioters eventually attacked Kyle Rittenhouse because he had a fire extinguisher and was trying to put out the fires. Do you know what would happen if they pushed a flaming dumpster into a gas station? They could have blown the whole place up. That's insane. And here we are. 
Kyle Rittenhouse may have ultimately made a mistake in being there, or maybe he didn't. Maybe if it weren't for him and his friends, there would have been a blown up gas station and other people would have been seriously hurt and the whole area would have been destroyed. These are tough conversations because if I had to make a choice between a building blowing up and people living, I choose people living. And there's the there's the challenge. Should these people be allowed uh, to, you know, if, if you're given the choice between a gas station blowing up, assuming no one gets hurt and the individuals who are shot and killed surviving, I think most people would choose letting the, you know, making sure that people survived and sacrificing a building. The problem is in the moment, you don't know what the results will be. So when you see someone pushing a dump, a flaming dumpster to a gas station, the end result could be everyone dies when it explodes. In which case, what if the story was different? What if Kyle and his friends did not put out that dumpster fire, literal dumpster fire? They pushed into a gas station and the gas station blew up, killing several people. It would have been way worse. Kyle wouldn't be in uh, facing prison time. And that's the problem. I guess hindsight is twenty twenty. They go on to say, Rittenhouse's lawyer said in a motion that the teenager had moved to an undisclosed safe house due to an unspecified, unspecified death threats. The Kenosha County District Attorney's Office is asking the court to rearrest Rittenhouse and increase his bail by another $200,000. Now he won. We'll get to that. They say the impunity with which Rittenhouse has acted while waiting for the tri- waiting to be tried for murder, look at they put for murder in, in italics, is galling and predictably has made him a cause celeb on the far right. He's innocent until proven guilty. And even there have been leftists who have come out and said, that's clear cut self-defense. Now, of course, the tribalists on the left freak out. How dare you point out the obvious? Some people who didn't live there tried to burn down buildings of the people who did live and work there. And they were stopped. And it's tragic, man. Uh, I wish it didn't have to. I, I wish it didn't happen, you know, so it's tough. But the, 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 the left is just absolutely trying to destroy anyone who dare oppose them. And you know what, man? They're actually gaining ground. They, they, they are. Uh, look at Gina Carano's firing. She didn't even say anything controversial. She didn't. They make it controversial. They say Ben Shapiro is controversial. And I, was, I remember I was watching, I think it was some interview. And they said Ben Shapiro, I think it was Bill Maher, maybe. He said, you're controversial, but only because they say it. Like, what's controversial about mainstream conservative Ben Shapiro conservatives exist? There you go. So they'll just add that. And then I guess regular people who aren't smart enough to critically think or check the news themselves just believe whatever they are told. Yahoo News reports. Judge denies motions to issue new arrest warrant, increase bail for Kyle Rittenhouse, a major victory. They say the Kenosha County District Attorney's Office said Rittenhouse violated the conditions of his bail after he failed to update the court with his new address. Rittenhouse's attorney said his client had to move due to threats made against him. Rittenhouse has become a cause celeb on the for the alt-right with his supporters raising enough money in November to get him released from custody on a $2 million bond. You see what they do here? Alt-right is white nationalist. That is, that's, that's absurd. Kyle Rittenhouse has been defended by some leftists. He's basically just being defended by regular run-of-the-mill conservatives for for one, using a weapon to defend himself and the city he works in. And to be fair, he may live in Antioch, but come on, if he's working in Kenosha, it's partly his town too. We can't act like, you know, people who live in small towns, they say, you live in a suburb of, you know, Chicago. Well, Chicago's not your, listen, I love it when I talk to people. I'm like, where are you from? They go, Chicago. I say, where? And they go, Naperville. I start laughing. Naperville's not Chicago. It's a Western suburb, but we get it. 
It's basically Chicago. It's the Chicagoland area. It's part of the metro, essentially. And everybody from Chicago, you probably know what I'm what I'm saying. For Kyle Rittenhouse, it's his town, too. That's the game they play, isn't it? They say with supporters raising money to get him two million dollars, two million dollar bond. Kenosha County Circuit Judge Bruce Schroeder denied the motion to increase his bail by 200,000 and said while his new address could be given to the court, it would not be made public or shared with prosecutors. After what this town has been through in the last six months, I don't want any more problems, Schroeder said. Bravo. Oh, good, sir. The police don't need any more problems. We don't need to have people's safety in jeopardy in any way. He is right. The judge is smart. It's not about Kyle Rittenhouse. It is a little bit. He deserves to be safe. Everyone is innocent until proven guilty. And in my opinion, based on the abundant witness testimony, because I've had numerous witnesses on my podcast explaining what happened. They were there. They have video evidence. I've seen that. And based on the fact that the far left will seek to cause violence wherever he is, the judge made the right call. If they give out his address and it goes public, then far leftists could descend on this wherever he is and cause more trouble and it could lead to more violence. So it's not just about Kyle Rittenhouse. The judge is taking into consideration the surrounding area. It's very smart, very excellent uh, uh, judging. On January 5th, Rittenhouse was spotted at Wisconsin Bar, where prosecutors say he was drinking beer and hanging out with people singing the anthem of the Proud Boys. Oh, yeah, that musical number. He was also photographed making a white supremacist hand sign. That's not true. The OK sign is not a white supremacist hand sign. The media just lies. In response, a judge on January 22nd approved new conditions for Rittenhouse's bond, prohibiting him from drinking alcohol. That's insane. Having weapons and associating with anyone known to harass others based on their race or religion. It's amazing, isn't it? The terms set forth for their bond. He can't drink alcohol. Well, he's not 21. So I guess he's not supposed to. I guess that makes sense. And having weapons, I guess, makes sense. Look, you're innocent until proven guilty. There are challenges. I know many people say, you know, shall not be infringed. So maybe that does trump everything. Second Amendment. You're not convicted of a crime awaiting trial. Depending on the trial, it maybe makes sense. You know what? I got to admit, I'm pretty much on the fence on that one. The Constitution is the law of the land. And he hasn't been convicted of a crime. So to take away his weapons is probably a violation in my opinion. This is somebody who, who might face retribution of some sort from leftist terrorists who would come after him, which is why they're keeping his address a secret. Stands to reason he probably should have the ability to defend himself. He's not been proven guilty of anything. And I, and I got to be honest, I'm not entirely convinced he will be. But you know, there's a lot of stories about the, the left really tried push, pushing this. Kyle Rittenhouse's disappearance, the absurdity of cash bail. What is this one? Oh, yeah. Kyle, Kyle Rittenhouse hires Wesley Snipes' tax lawyer, Robert Barnes. Oh, that's not that, that, that big of a story, but uh, something to add to, to the mix. So we have this narrative being pushed by the far left, claiming that he disappeared, he vanished, when in reality, that's not the case. The lawyers have been in communication with the judge. The judge agreed what they did was the right thing. And, well, it's a media lie. It's easy way to put it. There's more. Uh, it's not, I don't, I don't, I don't want to just talk about uh, the Rittenhouse story. So I do have another sort of extension on media lies and the manipulation and the culture war. Following, well, the Capitol riots, we've, we heard this story about Officer Sicknick, and they said that he died because he was attacked at the Capitol. Now, the reason I think these stories are, are relevant to each other is the media manipulation around all of it. We're fighting a culture war. You can call it a fifth generational civil war. You can call it whatever you want. There are media outlets on the left that are doing everything in their power to lie and manipulate. 
and it works. Regular people just believe whatever they're told. I shouldn't say regular people. They are, you know, people who don't think critically and just really, they really do just believe all this stuff. And it is so insanely frustrating. Why do you believe it? They lie all the time. Gelman amnesia effect. Google it. People just buy it up. So we saw this story about Officer Sicknick. They said that he was hit over the head with a fire extinguisher. They said it killed him. They, he was laid to rest in the Capitol. Now it turns out we don't know why he died. We have no idea. And that's why no one's been charged. Because apparently the guy was texting that he was fine after everything. A video came out where they said you could see the fire extinguisher get thrown at the cop's head. But whoever the, whatever cop this was, they were wearing a helmet and seemed to be completely fine. And now the official reporting is it wasn't, uh, it, it wasn't the, the blow to the head. We don't know. We have no idea. I guess he died shortly after the, ri- the, the riots at the Capitol. So maybe it was related. Maybe it wasn't. The left wants it to be, though. The Democrats will push this narrative. Much like Kyle Rittenhouse, they're going to use the most extreme interpretation of what happened. Fox News reports a month after Capitol riot, autopsy results pending an officer Brian Sicknick death investigation. His official cause of death has not been released and no one has been charged. They say exactly one month since the rioters stormed the Capitol, fallen Capitol Police Officer Sicknick's official cause of death has not been released. Metro PD Chief Robert J. Conti confirmed at a news conference Thursday that the investigation into Sicknick's death is ongoing, stressing that the police continue to comb through video evidence in the latest update provided by authorities. Conti, speaking vaguely, also suggested Sicknick's injuries may not have been immediately visible. That determination is made by the Office of the Chief Medical Examiner. So MPD's role in that is to make sure the medical examiner has all of the evidence they need to make that determination, he said. In this situation, with the Capitol insurrection, there were hundreds of videos and all that kind of stuff. That stuff is being gone through and funneled over to them. How did this narrative emerge? Well, it was a report that witnesses said they don't know why he died, but he was feeling unwell after being bashed over the head with a fire extinguisher. That's what they said. Witnesses reported. The media picked it up and everyone just believed it. It's really quite remarkable that, to be honest, we fall for this. I did. I believed it. Many conservatives did. Conservatives, unfortunately, while mostly criticize the media, will still often believe it much of the time. And then we end up in situations like this where we know these journalists lie, cheat, and steal. And for some reason, we all just keep believing it in one of the most profound instances of Gelman amnesia we have ever seen. Now, I've seen people say to me, Tim, you've got to get away from the mainstream media. Listen, I'll tell you, when I get things wrong, Often it is me citing sources, and then I have to go back and correct them when those sources are updated. Typically what I'll do is I'll try to fact check the stories and pull up a bunch of different versions of similar stories, and then see what their source material is, and see if the source material adds up. Sometimes they just say they have sources, or it was a police officer, so you can only just trust what you trust. You know, either they're completely lying. I think for the most part, mainstream news outlets, and you know, most outlets in general, are probably not lying. But they do use framing devices. There's a story I covered yesterday where they reported that a doctor stole the vaccines for his family, whereas the New York Times says he was saving the vaccines from expiration. Framing is everything. You can say he stole them to benefit his friends, or you can say he was trying to save the vaccine that was going to go to waste. However you want to interpret it. If you look up Sicknick, you you Google this, there's tons of stories about how he was killed and how he was laid to rest. Democratic leaders honored Officer Brian Sicknick at the U.S. Capitol ceremony. His, his, and now we have the latest update with even CNN saying it. 
Well, for one, we don't know exactly what did kill him. They're still trying to maintain it was the result of the riots, but they're saying this. Officer Brian Sicknick's death could have been caused by bear spray, investigators believe. Really? A fatal reaction to bear spray? Well, we don't know for sure right now. Maybe it was related to the events because it happened just afterwards, but the media was pumping out this narrative all day and night, and they use it, and they convince people of it. And now you'll see people who are grossly misinformed, and they'll never be corrected because the lie travels halfway around the world before the truth straps on his boots. Here's the story. Officer Sicknick died the day after pro-Trump rioters attacked the Capitol. One theory being investigated by authorities is that he may have been hit with bear mace or another chemical irritant sprayed by the rioters during the mayhem and suffered the reaction. He was on duty as rioters breached the Capitol on January 6th and was injured while physically engaging with protesters. With protesters, his department said. Interesting choice of words. In police audio played during Donald Trump's impeachment trial in the Senate, officers could be heard screaming that they were being attacked with bear spray. Senator Mitt Romney has also said that Officer Eugene Goodman, who helped lure the mob away from lawmakers inside the Capitol, had told him he had to breathe a lot of bear spray and tear gas and that he was nauseated during the attack. Officer Sicknick, a 13-year veteran of the force, lay in honor at the Capitol building last week where Joe Biden and the First Lady paid their respects. It's an interesting narrative. The idea that maybe the bear spray caused this. All right, time to ban bear spray for police because police, well, the police don't use bear spray, but they use OC spray, chemical irritants on regular people. And it is sometimes lethal. These are called less lethal munitions because they can be lethal. If you're telling me that the, the, the pepper spray, the bear spray, the tear gas was what caused this, then maybe police shouldn't be allowed to have it. Is that the point? I think that is absurd. But it does raise an interesting question about the conflict in general. Is it just going to escalate from here? What we saw from the Trump supporters at the Capitol was they didn't use AR-15s or handguns. They used bear spray, potentially pepper spray. They're saying bear spray. We don't know for sure. What's going to be the next event? What's going to be the next big riot? What is Antifa going to use? Antifa already uses explosives. They go on to say more than 100 officers were injured. 100 officers were injured in the violence, including at least 15 who were hospitalized. The violence killed five people, including a female rider who was shot by law enforcement. Let's make one thing clear. The people who died, one person was trampled, I believe. One person, I think, had a heart attack. One person fell. Uh, and we, we don't know how the officer, Sicknick, lost his life. And this woman was shot in the neck because she was trying to climb up this uh, onto this window. And hey, look, man, people without guns storming into a building protected by people with guns. And these things kind of happen. I wish it didn't have to happen. Like I said about Kyle Rittenhouse, but, and, and, you know, people who died, I wish it didn't have to happen. The problem we're facing in this country is, in my opinion, and I hate to be pessimistic, unsolvable. Well, I shouldn't say unsolvable. It just means the solution is going to be brutal and you're not going to like it. People are shooting each other. People are fighting. The media is lying. You'll watch uh, a video like mine and they'll, you know, to the best of my ability, I'll break down what was going off Kyle Rittenhouse. Like I said, this is a video titled Actual Witness to Kenosha Kid Shooting Tells the Insane Story About How It All Went Down. And we had more than one witness. 1.1 million views from an actual witness explaining what happened. Does it matter, though? Honestly, I don't think so. The left won't accept it. They'll say that those are just right wing shills trying to defend the far right or they're far right. When these journalists are anything but, they're they're not far right. 
But that's what the media will do because it's about tribalism. It was really interesting in that interview. We, we basically talked about this, that simply by telling people the truth, they get labeled as conservative or right wing when the D.C. riot squad are not political. They don't po- post about politics. They just report on the ground. But it doesn't matter. We're in more than a culture war. We are in a fifth generational civil war. And the left controls the cultural institutions so they can lie all day and night and convince unsuspecting people who don't think critically and don't investigate to believe it. They will. As for channels like this, well, we run the risk of getting banned. So that's why we have TimCast.com and, you know, we have the TimCast IRL podcast set up and exclusive members only content. The point is we're up against a giant machine that wants to cheat to gain power. And it works. It does. But maybe not forever. You know, Michael Malice is very optimistic. Maybe these institutional news outlets that control this narrative are going to lose all their power. I mean, they're waning. Their ratings are collapsing. Without Trump, they got nothing. So they're desperately trying to hold on, but it might not work in the end. They may actually just collapse. They only stayed alive this long because of Trump. We'll see how that plays out. For this, for, for the moment, for the time being, Kyle Rittenhouse is still free pending trial. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. I couldn't believe what I was reading. A story about a corrupt, unethical journalist? What, what country is this? Russia? This can't be. All of the journalists in America are perfect saints doing the right thing, helping save us from the evil corruption. And then I saw the story. Yes, that's right. A journalist with Axios tasked with covering the White House was actually dating the deputy press secretary. Well, well, at the very least, Axios must not have known about this because they would have put a stop to it. Oh, uh, turns out they actually did know about it and they allowed this to happen. Okay, well, well, it's not like the Biden administration was. uh, Oh, the Biden administration was crooked, too. Come on. We all know this stuff. If I did a video every single time there was something about unethical journalists, you know, being figuratively in bed, and in this case, literally with the the politicians are supposed to cover, it would be nothing but that would be the only thing I ever did videos about. Okay. We know they're crooked. We know news organizations are crooked. Not every single one, but many of them. But I'm sorry, this story was just too ridiculous. And I, I got to be honest, we need to talk about this. The headline is actually insane. But the gist of the story, the first story, was that Axios knew their reporter who was covering the White House was dating the deputy press secretary. Probably the worst conflict of interest in a long time. I mean, it's, it's very serious. And they didn't care. The Biden administration, Biden administration apparently knew They didn't care either. Now it gets worse because one journalist from Politico was trying to see basically report what was going on reporting on this. And then we get this headline, quote, I will destroy you. Biden aide threatened a Politico reporter pursuing a story on his relationship. Okay, well, you know what? Corrupt people exist. And if these spineless losers of journalists would actually do their jobs, maybe we could nip this in the bud and weed it out. Now, I know, I know. This is literally a story about a journalist doing just that. This I have respect for. This I have praise for. And I have nothing but condemnation for these crooked politicians and the crooked journalist who's trying to get away with this relationship. We need more of this. Too much of our news industry is crooked. I'm sorry. But this headline was, was just honestly, it's hilarious. What do you, what do you mean? You tell someone you're going to destroy them? Now, this story is actually really bad, and there's more to it. So let's read. Vanity Fair reports 
White House, a White House official tried to quash a story about his relationship with the reporter by issuing threats and using derogatory language to another reporter pursuing it. According to two sources familiar with the incident, in a sympathetic profile Monday, people revealed that White House Deputy Press Secretary T.J. Ducklow is dating Axios political reporter Alexi McCammond, who covered the Joe Biden campaign. But behind the scenes, Ducklow had previously lashed out at a political reporter, Tara Palmieri, who was reporting the story exhibiting behavior that led to tense meetings between the Washington news outlets editors and senior White House officials. The confrontation began on Inauguration Day, January 20th, after Palmieri, a co-author of Politico's playbook, contacted McCammond for comment while one of her male colleagues left a message for Ducklow, according to sources. Ducklow, this is the Biden guy, subsequently called a playbook editor to object to the story, but was told to call the playbook reporters with his concerns. But instead of calling the male reporter who initially contacted him, Ducklow tried to intimidate Palmieri by phone in an effort to kill the story. Quote, I will destroy you, Ducklow told her, according to sources, adding that he would ruin her reputation if she published it. I got I got I got to be honest. Does that work? I've had journalists reach out to me. I just say, have a nice day. No, no, thank you. But does threatening them that you will destroy them actually work? I'm not sure that's even legal. During the off the record call, Ducklow made derogatory and misogynistic comments, accusing Palmieri of only reporting on his relationship, which due to the ethics question that factor into the relationship between a journalist and the White House official falls under the purview of a reporting beat. He says that she was only reporting on it because she was jealous that an unidentified man in the past had wanted to (laughs) F McCammond and not you. Ducklow also accused Palmieri of being jealous of his relationship with McCammond. Palmieri had no prior relationship or communication with McCammond before calling her to report on the playbook item, which was a story that she was assigned and had not independently pursued. The following day, an editor at Politico reached out to the White House about Ducklow's threats, spurring multiple conversations between the news outlet and senior level officials on January 21st including White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki, White House Communications Director Kate Bedingfield, and Anita Dunn, Director of West Wing Operations. In one of those calls, senior White House officials acknowledged that Ducklow's handling of the call with Palmieri was inappropriate and said he would send he would send a note to her apologizing for the comments. In another uh, in another conversation, the same White House officials took aim at Palmieri by accusing her of breaking an off the record agreement with Ducklow and pressing Politico as to why the contents of the call had been revealed. Palmieri had only informed her editors of the contents of the call, which she had transcribed into her notes as it was happening after they asked her about it. All right. Long story short, journalist is banging Biden staffer and, uh, you know, deputy press secretary. Another journalist says, yo, that's big news. That's corruption. You can't do that. But that journalist who, who said that was just told to report on it. So White House dude basically says, you're jealous. You're just mad that some dude wouldn't bang you and and I will destroy you. By the way, this conversation is off the record. OK, well, look, the relationship in, in question, totally unethical, needs to be called out. So good on Paul Mary for doing her job and exposing this. And who is this guy? I will destroy you. Are you nuts? Now, that's hilarious. Paul Mary declined to comment. Saki and Ducklow did not immediately respond to requests for comment. I would like to point something out. Did this guy really think that he could be like, oh, hi, thanks for calling, Tara. Is this conversation off the record? Yes, it is. I will destroy you. You, you, you just wanted some guy. 
Did you think that she was going to be like, I respect that and I will not tell anyone it happened? You think, listen, off the record, first and foremost, doesn't exist. It's not a thing. Every journalist in the world will be like, this conversation's off the record. And then they'll, they'll, they'll go and leak it to somebody else. It wasn't me. Don't look at me. I didn't leak it. It's a dirty game. Off the record exists among people with respect for each other. But if you get a random journalist you don't know from one of these publications and they say, I'd like to talk with you off the record or just on background to say, yeah, nice try. Not going to happen. They're full of it. Now, that being said, I don't blame Paul Mary for being like, dude, you threatened me and insulted me. That has nothing to do with a journalistic interview. They say when a series of calls between the White House and Politico had concluded, Ducklow sent Palmieri an email stating that he was sorry he lost his cool, but he did not delve into any specifics or apologize for threatening and harassing the reporter, according to sources familiar with the, ex- familiar with the exchange. Politico reported on Ducklow and McCammon's relationship in Tuesday's playbook after it was first revealed the previous night by People. Ducklow's alleged response to Politico's reporting raises serious questions about behavior that is tolerated in the Biden White House. They're corrupt. They're corrupt. I got more stories for you. I'm not joking when I say this. Here's a quote. If you, oh, oh, here we go. Quote, I'm not joking when I say this. If you ever work with me and I hear you treat another colleague with disrespect, talk down to someone, I will fire you on the spot. No ifs, ands, or buts, Biden said during a virtual swearing in on his first day in the White House. Playbook highlighted those remarks on January 21st under the heading, Biden set standards for professional behavior and asked, serious questions on our minds this morning. Does this standard apply to how mid-level press aides treat reporters? Joe Biden deserves to be roasted for this, and this guy should absolutely be fired. And so should this journalist. Axios journalist covering the Biden administration is dating one of the president's aides. What a disgusting, slimy, incestuous cesspool. That's the beltway, my friends. That's D.C. Corrupt corporate revolving door garbage. It is a swamp. Did Trump drain the swamp? Of course he didn't. He got rid of a lot of people, sure, but he was just putting other swamp monsters right back in there. I can I can at least say this. With Donald Trump in office, the swamp was kind of a disaster, and I can respect that. Plus, as I often say, there were things Trump was doing that I that I liked. But the point is, I don't think anybody's going to go and drain the swamp. They'll say they will, and they won't. Maybe they can't. I don't know. I don't know how you drain a swamp. Check this out. They say Politico shared the potential conflict of interest in Tuesday morning's edition of Playbook after weeks of investigations and inquiries to the White House about the relationship. Mere hours after Politico claims to have notified the Biden communication staff that the story fully exposing the relationship would be published the next day, People magazine produced a glowing profile piece positively framing the couple's relationship and careers. People did not respond to the Federalists' questions about why they suddenly chose to run the story. Here's what they're saying. Reporter foregoes covering president as romance blossoms with Biden aide battling cancer. Didn't think twice. Look, I feel bad for the guy. He's got cancer. Okay, that's that's a serious issue. And so maybe he's just saying I'm dealing with this and I'd rather be with this person than any professional ethics or whatever. Fine, whatever. Resign. Seriously, resign. That's it. Don't work for the president. Just stop. Just because you know someone who is, is suffering or sick doesn't give you the right to violate ethics rules or, or just be all around corrupt. They say, according to People, the couple began dating back in uh, dating in November after working closely for months on the campaign trail. Both People and Politico report that it was at this time that McCammond, who was previously engaged to another man, 
asked to be taken off the Biden beat and shifted to covering progressive politics and Vice President Kamala instead for Axios. Even though McCammon and Axios claim that the journalist quickly switched reporting following the beginning of her relationship, she still breaks big news related to the Biden administration regularly. Corruption. Even if she was only covering Kamala Harris, that is still a massive conflict of interest. In December, just one month after she began dating the Biden aide, McCammon wrote a story outlining how Atlanta Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms rejected the incoming president's offer to lead the Small Business Administration. In the self-described scoop, McCammon attributed the information she received to people familiar with the discussion. What this really means is the guy working for Biden was leaking stories to her that she could frame in positive ways because they are corrupt swamp monsters. They're not telling you the truth. They're not trying to properly inform you. They are funneling information to someone pretending to be a reporter who is licking the boots of Biden. They say that same month, McCammond also wrote an article based on a memo to Bi- uh, a memo to Biden transition officials obtained by Axios and information from multiple people familiar with the situation that described the Biden administration's inner proceedings for cabinet picks, including a scoop that Gina McCarthy was a leading candidate for the for a climate position. More recently, McCammond wrote a piece about Harris's niece, Mina Harris, who began selling merchandise related to her aunt's image and political ke- career. Citing people familiar with the situation, McCammon explained why neither Mina nor anyone else on the Biden team could profit from the sales. Politico also noted that McCammon joined an Axios podcast where she shared her view of the Biden administration as compassion and empathy and noted a focus on unity in a way we certainly haven't seen from President Trump. Despite the potential problems that McCammon's connections to the Biden administration could have on her journalistic integrity, Axios claims to stand behind McCammon and her coverage. Axios co-founder Jim Vendahel, however, admitted that while McCammon was not technically directly covering Ducklow, she does publicly reference him when she talks about him on TV. McCammon and Ducklow both deny that their relationship interferes their political and journalistic duties. Quote, TJ has not been a source for any story I've worked on in any capacity since we began dating, McCammon told People. While Ducklow threatened to destroy another reporter, I think it is interfering. Check out how dirty this office is. You want to know what I don't care about? Here's what I don't care about. People mocking Jen Psaki's appearance. That's stupid. You're stupid. I don't care if she's wearing makeup or not. It's fine. She does her job relatively boringly. Many journalists have pointed this out. I think she is bad at her job, and I think she is crooked. And I'm not going to waste any time when all these, I see these memes coming out. They're like, look at her. She's not wearing makeup. And I'm like, so what? So dumb. Makes me angry, okay? Pisses me off. But you know what pisses me off more? Look, I get it. People are mean on the internet. I'm not going to go cry about it. I just don't care. Take a look at this story. White House press office, scre- White House press office screened reporter questions to Jen Psaki. Oh, dog and pony show. Bread and circuses, my friends. You are being manipulated and lied to. While the Biden administration has individuals dating journalists to put out puff pieces, Jen Psaki is screening the questions because, well, let's be honest. She'll have to circle back unless she knows what she's going to be asked because she's terrible at her job. If you want to criticize her because she's bad at her job, please do it. You want to criticize Kaylee McEnany because she made mistakes in her job? Yes, absolutely. You want to criticize Jen Psaki for her appearance? Stop wasting my time. This is a very serious story. They say the Biden White House press office has come under fire for reaching out to Capitol reporters to quiz them about the questions they'll ask press secretary Jen Psaki during scheduled briefings. The practice rattled members of the White House press corps who expressed concerns that they could be seen as coordinating with political staffers 
and alerted the White House Correspondents Association. Reporters in a Zoom call last week pressed other correspondents to push back at the White House's efforts to get the questions in advance or just ignore them, the report said. While it's a relief to see briefings return, particularly with a commitment to factual information. Oh, shut up, you morons. The press can't really do its job in the briefing room if the White House is picking and choosing the questions they want. One White House reporter told the website, that's not really a free press at all. It pissed off enough reporters for people to flag it for the White House uh, Correspondents Association for them to deal with it, another said. The report noted that the Biden press office has tried to draw uh, contrasts with the Trump administration's more contentious relationship with the press corps. And Saki makes an effort to call on every reporter at the daily briefings. Jen Psaki is, is good at what she does. I, I'm not going to pretend like she's the greatest press secretary ever, but she gives these boring generic responses or just says, I'll circle back. It is bread and circuses, essentially. Maybe not the best way, best way to put it. It is p- journalists come in, ask a nonsensical question, and she says, mm, I'll circle back to you. And then nothing gets done. Do you really expect her to come out and tell you the truth? I love how they're like, Kaylee McEnany and Sarah Sanders were lying all the time. Yeah, so is Jen Psaki. Jen Psaki and every, every one of these people are always lying. All of them always lying. Now, here's where it gets, where it gets stupid. Kaylee McEnany. Do I trust her in her work as press secretary? Of course not. <laughs> but the media was lying so much that often you'd see Kaylee McEnany pulling out this big binder and referencing factual news stories, proving the media was lying. In that capacity, she was completely right. And I do trust her. What I mean to say is, if someone comes out and says, did Donald Trump, you know, uh, do a backflip off a building and the press secretary says, yes, I don't believe you. I believe the goal of the press secretary is to basically it's, it's positive PR for the administration. So I'm not going to take everything they say as law. OK, I'll take it with a grain of salt. That includes McEnany. That, that includes Saki. But that being said, Saki's job has been a whole lot of nothing. People are trying to be mad about it for some reason. I don't see why she's not doing anything. You can criticize her when she goes after Steve Ducey, for instance. Or I'm sorry, was that was it? It was Steve Ducey, right? Or was it Peter? I don't know. I can't remember the name of it. It's the son, not the dad. The guy from Fox News. When he was like, so a lot of union people lost their jobs. Biden says they'll get green jobs. When will that happen? She goes, can you provide me with proof they're not getting green jobs? Like, wait, what? No, they no, they just lost their job. They just shut down Keystone. When will these new green jobs that Biden proposed to, to create, when will they come? She couldn't give a good answer. So she just yells. She just gets adversarial with Fox News. That's the stupidity of the world we live in. That's the game we play. When it's a Republican in office, you've got but Fox News saying the president is right. And everyone else is like, the president is wrong. And then when a Democrat gets in office, all the journalists are like, thank you, Jen Psaki. Thank you, Democrats, for being so honest. But Fox News, you're evil. One of the look, there are journalists in the press briefing. They're doing their jobs. You know, Ducey is one of them. But when you look at what they're doing behind the scenes with trying to get access to questions, basically to stage press events, it would all be fake. That's the Biden administration for you. What they want to do is give the appearance of sane and reasonable governance. They do this so that you're distracted. They're dangling the keys over here while the hand over here is pulling the nuke button or the deploy to Syria button. They don't want you paying attention to the bad things they do. And the same was true for Trump in a lot of ways. Trump made some change to immigration law. And I knew I was like, oh, here we go. They're going to file a lawsuit against him for this executive order in minutes. But then all of a sudden, nobody cared. Why? Because Trump tweeted derogatory things about the squad. And then all of a sudden, nobody cared. No, nobody cared about the, the immigration stuff. 
The goal is always keep the people in the press distracted and do other things. Now we have this. The goal of these the, uh, the press secretary, why she wants to get the questions in advance is so that she can craft answers because she doesn't know. And she'll want to be able to put on a show and make sure she can't face a, a hard rebuttal. Kaylee McEnany, what did she do? She just brought all of the data, all the research and all the news stories with her. So if it ever came up, she would go, give me a second. She'd pan, fan through and then say, aha, got it right here. You're lying. Jen Psaki just says, just give me the questions in advance. I can't be bothered to do any of that kind of work. They, go on, they, go, they, they, they went on to say, our goal is to make the daily briefing as useful and informative as possible for both reporters and the public. A spokesperson, a spokesperson said, a part, of me, a part of meeting that objective means regularly engaging with the reporters who will be in the briefing room. Yeah, engaging like in bed, like, you're the, the, like the deputy press secretary and this other reporter who then comes out and writes puff pieces. You know what, man? They want to complain about Donald Trump. They screamed and they cried. There's one article where they're like, you know, it was much like storming the beaches of Omaha to, to liberate France, covering the Trump administration because these people are psychopaths. That's not what it was like at all. Writing on this stuff is not difficult, but they want to pretend they're heroes, heroes of democracy, when in reality, they're the, the bishops for oligopoly. We don't live in a democracy. First of all, we never did. It's a constitutional republic with democratically elected representatives. But more importantly, it's an oligopoly. The powerful special interests control everything. Everybody knows it. That's why they protest. And then the media tries to convince you that voting matters, that uh, you will have a chance and that you know, the people you elect. And let me let me be, make something clear. Donald Trump did win in 2016. Voting definitely matters to get somebody in. But will that person actually make the moves you want them to make? Well, according to a study that was put out in 2014, the answer is no. Rich people, the wealthy elites, these people, these crooked, corrupt cronies, they put out fake news to manipulate you. They pre-screen all the questions. They did it for Hillary Clinton. They're doing it now, or at least they're trying to. It's an illusion. They want you to think they care about what you think, but they don't. They care about what their corporate overlords think. These massive multinational corporations are part of the problem. I can't tell you what the Democrats are, Democrats are actually fighting against at this point because they're pro-corporate and pro-government. So I suppose when you get that lucrative merger of corporation and state, the only thing we can do is call them fascists. How about that? Well, I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at youtube.com slash Timcast. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all then.